Hello there, and welcome to the Crypto Frontier. I'm Jonathan Miller, Managing Director of Kraken Australia, and here on the Crypto Frontier, we will hear from the industry's best and brightest about the latest news in crypto and blockchain from Australia and around the world. Whether you haven't yet bought your first Bitcoin or want to better understand the latest DeFi token or development in blockchain, this show will go behind the scenes with founders, experts, and industry professionals to explore the technology that powers the future of finance. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, folks. In this show, I speak with Nick Falzon, a partner at PKF, an accounting firm in Sydney, about the rewarding challenges of working with innovative companies in the crypto space over the past several years. Nick tells me about how blockchain and crypto can be simultaneously novel and yet analogous to existing systems and products. I hope you enjoy the show. Nick, thank you so much for for joining me this morning. Uh, It's a lovely morning in Sydney. Uh, We're going to be talking about a a bit more of an Aussie-focused uh, crypto discussion today, but but I'd love you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you know your background more generally, and also you know how you how you came to you know what was the first time you 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 came in contact with crypto. Okay, well, John, firstly, thank thank you very much for having me having me on. Always a pleasure to um to chat, and certainly a very interesting topic. So v- very very pleased to be. Um, to, to be asked, uh, my my background. I, I'm, I'm a chartered accountant, uh, business services accountant, a director here at um, at PKF, based in the in in the Sydney office. So I, I have a wide range of, of clients, and I help them with um, a, a wide range of uh, tax and accounting requirements. Um, as to my my, my background, um, over. Or at least the last ten or twelve years of my career, probably longer, I've done a disproportionate amount of my work with growth uh, phase or, or startup, um, pre even pre revenue companies, um, and, and that's uh, I, I almost stumbled stumbled into that. Was offered a couple, uh, the offered the opportunity to work with a couple of very exciting companies that had just received some some seed funding probably fifteen years or so ago now. Uh, and it gave me a really nice insight into what the uh, opportunities, but also challenges, are for, um, for for companies that are either starting out or growing growing rapidly. And certainly at the time, it was an area that the accounting profession didn't service particularly well for a range of reasons, probably not least of which that the accounting profession itself wasn't particularly innovative. So it made it very difficult to service innovative companies. And so my, my career can continue to develop and, and can continue on. And partly because of my, my interest in the area, um, maybe a little bit of because of my, my, my personality and my, my strengths, um, but, but all... I continue to have a, num- a number of clients in that area. Also, when you work with companies, you start to tend to work with similar companies. Either you get referred um, to, to to like businesses, or um, or or possibly people move on and start new businesses, and so you continue working with them. So I've I've always worked or spent a lot of my time working with, um, as I say, startup growth phase companies. The tax 
and accounting areas that are important to those businesses, whether they be things like the R&D tax incentive or the um, startup concessions, which are now available, um, early stage venture capital limited partnerships, the various areas of tax and also accounting that are, that are relevant to these businesses. And so that um, career path or that aspect of my, my career and my practice, um, not surprisingly, I suppose, um, led me to come into contact fairly early with, uh, well, fairly early for the accounting profession, with um, with, with, with cryptocurrencies and, and di- digital assets. So um, like with so many other areas that I've, I've come across over, over the, the years and over my career, it was something that was completely mystifying to me when I when I first um, first encountered it, but I was fortunate enough to have some um, some people who who spent a lot of time with me explaining um, how it worked. I certainly a long long way from an expert, but certainly gained enough of an understanding in the area to be to continue to be very very interested, but also to um, to be able to apply some of the the tax and accounting principles which were um, which needed to be applied to to that area. I know that's something we'll talk about over the course of the, the discussion today, but it's um, certainly a very rapidly evolving area, um, and and, uh, and that uh, that as much as anything draw, draws my interest to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's in, it's intellectually and professionally very very interesting area. Yeah, I, I I think yeah, it'd be great to get into a little bit of the nitty gritty, but let's just let's just hang around this kind of um, evolution side of it. So you know, I mean. I'm, what were some of the first companies that you you started working with? What kind of were they were they dealing in crypto the same way as they are now, or, or have you seen an evolution over time? Look, certainly an evolution. I mean, the um, the, the early examples that that I had, um, or everybody that was that was involved in the industry was 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 a trailblazer, and all and it was very it was still very much. Um, uh, almost everything was was groundbreaking so so in that sense it was very di- different not nearly as sophisticated as you see um, many investors are are today certainly not and obviously not nearly as widespread I mean the, the, these were um, people who were who were really fascinated with a new technical concept and so that um, that in of itself made it very um, potentially challenging for, for accountants so it was certainly um, yeah, the, the the evolution we've seen in in all aspects of the um the the, the cryptocurrency business or crypto assets industry uh, over the last um or really just few years has been um been staggering the, the pace of change and the evolution there the um building out a real industry whereas pre in my initial encounters with it it, it was very very isolated um. Uh, people were, 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 it was on the fringe, I guess, is the best way to mm. describe it. So, yeah, that, that, that's been the single single biggest change already, even in just this relatively short space of time. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that, you know, crypto is pretty mainstream. I mean, we saw an announcement yesterday that one of the major Aussie banks is, you know, going to be offering it through their, their interface to their clients. So the moment that happens, you've, you, you know, we're in, <laughs> we're in mum and dad territory, yeah, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, very, very, very much so. And you're you're part of the um the, the ecosystem, whereas the uh, and that's been a really, really significant change from where I for, for, from where I sit, which is you know someone who's 
who understands a bit of the industry and advises people in the industry, but he's not in the industry as such the way the way you guys are. It's not not my day to day, but from my observation, um, initially it, it was seen as a um, uh, as an alternative to the finance industry, or it was seen as a um, a competitor to to existing infrastructure. Whereas for some time it seems to have been acknowledged that this is going to be part of the infrastructure as we move we move forward um and uh, as you say yesterday's announcement was um a significant endorsement of that um that theory that that, that yeah. this, this is this is something that we're um is going to become part of how we, it's it is part of our financial life already um and just exactly where it sits and how it how it interacts with the other elements uh you'd need to be much much smarter than me to predict that. but um <laughs> well, it's it's going to be there yeah well i mean we've had some great guests on this show and and um you know on some previous episodes we've talked about how you know blockchain in general is going to be the infrastructure that's behind the scenes in everyday finance you know and that's mm. kind of its intention to, so in, in some respects it is still very much alternative because it's alternative networks alternative mm. tools pipes you know however, however however you want to kind of think about it but um but but it's you know the moment you touch it it's part of your part of your life and yeah. this has become more and more and more the case so look let's just jump to some of the um i guess some of the more specific things that i had in mind to get some of your views on I mean, um, and, and this I think will be really relevant to some of the Aussie listeners, uh, and then maybe we can broaden out and kind of climb back up the stack and talk more generally um, mm. in, in terms of where we think crypto is going from the point of view of, I guess, your, your point of view. Um, but but you know, on the Aussie scene, we've had a lot of the a lot of noise lately from regulators, right? We've got um, the Senate report uh, in, in into digital assets, and there's a bunch of recommendations. Um, and, and the ATO have been out there kind of, you know, um, making a, a little bit of noise as well. So, you know, what, what, are, what are the kind of common problems that, or mistakes that you're seeing uh, investors or, 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 or people participating in the crypto space? Um, incidentally, even, uh, what, what, what are some mistakes they're making and, 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 how, and, and, and why are they making those, do you think? Yeah. Okay. No, very, very good, good, good question. Now, and probably to, to lead in, in, into that um, the, the biggest challenge for well for, for taxpayers, but also for the taxing authorities, um, the the ATO, is that whenever anything new um, kind of be, be, be begins to to um, uh, become become relatively common or is used at all, um, they've immediately got to try as best they can to apply the existing laws to this new. Um, product, service, offering, asset class, whatever it might be. Um, and so now the laws were obviously written, or sorry, weren't written with this new offering in mind. So in this instance, we're trying to apply tax laws, many of which that have existed for a long period of time, to cryptocurrencies or, or, or digital assets, which is inherently very difficult because laws are written very specifically. They've got very technical language and you trying to apply them to something that wasn't considered. So immediately you've got a challenge there. Um, you, you, you've got, by definition, you're going to have grey areas, you're going to have ambiguity because you're applying something that was was, was written without this this concept in mind. So straight away, as I say, you've got, you've got a challenge there. Um, 
you also, by definition, when something is new or novel, you don't have precedent in relation to it, which is related to the same, which is, sorry, along the same lines as what I, as the, the legislation issue. So th th there's your first challenge straight away. Um, so p people are trying to, 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 to work this out as they go. So how did that manifest itself? Um, you, you, you've had over a, over a period of time people that were trying to, um, to, to apply these rules without large amounts of guidance. Uh, what, one thing we saw quite became quite common was that people were only reporting gains or losses when they moved um, cryptocurrencies back to, 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 to fiat currencies. So I take my Australian dollars, I buy a particular cryptocurrency, a uh, particular cryptocurrency, I then trade that for another cryptocurrency, which I then trade for another, which I then maybe buy back my original currency, and then eventually I swap all that back out for Australian dollars and transfer the Australian dollars back into my my bank account. Now, if I was a... It, what a lot of people did because it was fairly simple is they said, well, I started with 10,000 Australian dollars. By the time I'd done those three trades and then put the money back into my account, there was $20,000. So I'm going to report the difference being $10,000 as my gain. And that's fine, but it's not actually technically correct. <laughs> it's not right. Um, that is <laughs> right. not correct tax treatment. Um, and it took a while for this to be established and, um, and, and, and uh, the, some, some principles and some guidelines to be, to be developed there. So that was the first, the, the first fairly significant challenge I, I, from what I can see where people were going from one cryptocurrency to another. Or many, you know, huge number of them because you know people yeah. jump around a lot. And herein lies you, you, the the the, sec, the second challenge: just the multitude of trades that people do. I mean, that example I just gave, that one wouldn't be too much of a problem because I think I said you went from one crypto to another to another back to the original. That's only four trades. Um, you, you would think that somebody would be able to, um, to 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 manage and monitor that and report on it. But when people are doing large numbers of trades. Um, over um, uh, uh, over short periods of time, and it's not as clean cut as take all of the, the this this cryptocurrency transfer to all of another. It very very quickly becomes some um, challenging to keep track of that, which leads us into the second issue of record keeping. Um, record keeping is extremely important when it comes to your tax affairs, um, but by nature and particularly early on. Uh, when I say earlier, when, when people when there were not as many people trading cryptocurrency and it was it, it was a relatively new uh, phenomenon, uh, ke keeping accurate and detailed records in the form that the ATO would expect to see them, should you be reviewed or audited, was very difficult. And now, from what I understand and from what I observe, it's much much easier to keep very detailed records of what trades you do when. Um, but you still have to make sure you do it. The onus is on the taxpayer to ensure mm. they keep those records, which is why it's extremely important to use um, reputable, robust exchanges with, um, with with good record record keeping capabilities, um, so that you can run reports and and be able to show what you traded and when. Um, that 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 was the second big challenge and mm. continues to be a challenge and people need to be very aware of that. It's as I just said, it's now something that can can be managed and that, that the exchanges are able to assist with that. But it, it's certainly still something you have to um, 
to 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 be very aware of, and um, the uh, so, 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 so th- th- those are the key the key issues. The, yeah. the last point, which is very similar to record keeping, is just being able to show who owned the assets and therefore who who bought and who sold them mm. by their nature. Um, uh, crypto currency and management is pseudonymous. It's not anonymous because you can identify that they're owned by somebody, but it's not necessarily, well, it won't, generally won't be the same name that's recorded on um, on, on tax tax documents that the yeah. ATO would have so there's no there's no wallet address on the uh, on the tax records uh, on, on the tax office documentation yet no no cer- certainly not no I, I don't think we'll need to be uh, uh, sorry I wouldn't be holding our breath for that to happen as quickly <laughs> as the ATO are now moving forward um it's um yeah it's it, 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 I, I don't think that yeah. will be coming anytime insert your private key so. here yeah 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 I, I can't don't, don't see that uh, don't say that or, or <laughs> that, that said the ATO are making great efforts to uh, begin communication directly with exchanges. Exchanges are obliged to provide um, uh, information to the ATO. I do realise it's quite onerous on the exchanges, but it's in my opinion, um, as challenging as it might be to get that right, it's certainly a move in in the right direction. Um, Being able to... um, uh, Look, I work on the premise that the vast majority of Australians, like, want to pay the right tax uh, and they're not trying to hide things from from the ATO. They don't want to pay more tax than they're obliged to, but they're happy to pay their fair share of tax. They also want low compliance costs. And um, and so any any moves that, that head in that direction are going to be, um, to be positive uh, and I would support them. Uh, however, there's always going to be big challenges with um, the, the exchanges that are not necessarily present in, in Australia and just how that works in a crypto environment is a another challenge that someone um, much bigger thinker than me will have to, um, have to try to resolve. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, why don't we jump then to that other thing that I mentioned mm. and, and I appreciate you setting out those challenges. I think that's true for everyone, every, you know, globally, irrespective of whether you're Aussie. Um, mm. You know, the, the record keeping problem, um, identification, you know, uh, all those things exchanges can help when, when it comes to, to to the data side, right? Um, but mm. but you know the Senate report that was just released in Australia, yeah. um, there's some interesting comments in there, and one of those is that you know they they recommend that CGT. I mean, you've been talking just about CGT now. They, they recommend that there's that there should be some changes. I mean, what what kind of changes could be made? What what I mean, one thing that did come to mind for, from my point of view, and, and you, know, you know, correct me if this is completely off topic, mm. but you know, some people might be buying crypto to use uh, uh, in in other in like an online game, but not necessarily to trade, not as a tradable mm. asset. And and the other thing that came to mind for me was, you know, someone might get be getting paid uh, in crypto. In fact, mm. you know, that's an option for some for some people. Uh, in our organisation globally, uh, in other jurisdictions, and um, you know that's you know that's something that maybe maybe is at play here. But what, what what's your view on this? Yeah, it's, um, the, I, I for, for what it's worth, I, I thought the report was was an excellent start, um, or, or sorry, or excellent progress. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I really liked about it is that um, before it even went into its uh, twelve recommendations, it, it quite quite clearly set out and it made its opinion known, the writers made their opinion known that 
the, the, the single biggest difficulty for all parties, all stakeholders here, whether they be market participants, regulators, legislators, the, the general public, is a lack of clarity. And this comes mm. back to the point I made just, just earlier when I was talking about trying to apply tax law that was written without that certainly wasn't written with with digital assets in mind that that, that same that um same um logical concept goes to um to to, to all other le- legislative um frameworks that, that that we have uh or, or, or the legal prison so anything that's going to bring more clarity is going to be better for, for, for everybody um so that, that that's the first the, the the first premise um as to your specific point that you you, you raised about um uh, personal use assets. Now, fortunately, this is something that's, or sorry, this is a concept that's been very well well established. If you acquire an asset for your personal use, it's not subject to 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 capital gains or, or tax. I and mean, if I if I go to, or not that you do it this way anymore, but say I in the I went to the bank and I I said I'm going on a trip to the United States and I need to take out a certain amount of US dollars. How much will that cost me? And they say to me, it'll cost you this much, sir. So I pay over my Australian dollars. I take my US dollars, go on my trip to America, come back, and I've got some left. So I go back to the bank and I say, here you go. Here's here's what I've got left. Can you please give me back some Australian dollars? Now they'll say, no, I don't think anyone actually does that anymore. (laughs) In theory, if you were doing that. Still a good example. Yeah, in in, in theory, if you were doing that, no, no one has any. No, no, no one's going to suggest that I need to work out what my gain or loss was on those US dollars and report that in my my tax return because clearly I only made the exchange for my for my personal use. Um, now that concept applies equally to to cryptocurrencies. So if I am being paid in in Bitcoin and then I keep that Bitcoin uh, and I, I use it to acquire goods and services. So I'm disposing of the Bitcoin to, to buy, buy goods or services, or I swap that Bitcoin out for Australian dollars or US dollars or any other currency because I want to um, uh, I want to use those to acquire goods and services from people who don't accept Bitcoin. Now that is, in my opinion, quite clearly a personal use of that uh, of that asset so that 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 shouldn't be subject to to tax um where the ato uh and and mind you i feel like the ato has given some some reasonable guidance on this this Mm -hmm. recently um i've inferred from some of the things i was i have read from the ato that people were using the concept of personal use quite broadly um, <laughs> right in fact very very broadly and so it just but and, and it's like all other tax matters it will there, there is guidance there are rules there are laws um and then each individual does need to consider the specifics of their personal circumstances mm-hmm. um if uh, if a fictitious person acquired um, one hundred thousand, the Bitcoin equivalent of one hundred thousand Australian dollars, um, sorry, used one hundred thousand Australian dollars to acquire Bitcoin five years ago. That that sat, sat in storage for that that five year period. Obviously, during that that, Jeez, that all right. tier, yeah, <laughs> that, that that would be now an extremely wealthy person. Very good luck to them. Um, that they swapped that back out to Australian dollars, 
uh, and during that time that they had not touched that that Bitcoin, it had just remained in in in, in storage, appreciating in value versus the Australian dollar. And then that that per, that fictitious person wanted to put an argument forward that they had um, that that, it, that was a personal use asset. I would find that extremely difficult to make that argument for them. It just it looks and feels like they bought it as an investment. They kept it as investment, and they've done extremely well from that investment. It means they do have to pay tax on that. So that's and and so that that's certainly it, it is an area. And, and that example I've given is is a complete is a total outlier. I mean, as I said, that that fictitious person would have great difficulty uh, trying to make an argument. Uh, that that was personal use asset. However, um, if someone does have um, money in, in Bitcoin and they do withdraw from that from time to time, deposit from time to time, and it looks and feels a bit like a like a bank account, like like you or I might have, um, like, like you or I or may use our um, our personal bank account, um, then. That there might there might be an argument there, but as I say, the 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 facts in each specific circumstance will um will will dictate the um the the correct outcome there. And I, I'm going to be honest, there'll be there'll be points where there'll be disagreement. Um, that there'll I I envisage we will have many situations if we haven't already where a taxpayer in good faith believes that they've held. Um, Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency as a personal use asset, and the ATO disagrees with them. Um, and it's going to become more and more a, pro- a problem as Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency is is more widely used um, in everyday society. At the moment, I, I would think that personal use situations are reasonably rare, but that will change over yeah. time. Well, I guess, you know, perhaps then that's in it. Uh, reports kind of calling for just more work to be done around this because it, there is so many gray areas and and given that you know we're just seeing um you know the types of assets that are that are being created using blockchain that have yeah sure wildly varying market values but you know in some instances people are you know buying these things to participate in games you know and 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 doing so to to to, to engage in in some sort of third party application that's that's not Intent, the intention is not financial. So I can see that the recommendations are in a way to kind of recognise that. Yeah, I, I, I think you're completely right. And the um, the 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 other the other element that's um, that, that's very clear, and I think it's actually this is one of the recommendations. Might be recommendation six, um, trying as best they can to make it clear when a taxable event occurs. Now earlier I used the example of um, uh, changing from one cryptocurrency to another and then back to to a fiat currency. So now it's been reasonably well established that that transfer from one cryptocurrency to another is a CGT event. But you and I know there's a whole range of things that may happen um, which um, it's not quite clear whether you've actually sold particular cryptocurrency and acquired another, um, whether there be various um, splitting of assets or a transfer from one cryptocurrency to, to, to another that's not necessarily a buy and a sell. It's more akin to a, um, a swapping of shares in a company. Mm. So there's, there, there, there's all element, oh, sorry, all manner of, um, of activities that are, um, 
uh, slightly grey areas or, or mm-hmm. not, um, certainly, certainly not as clear cut. And so you're moving assets from one protocol to another. I mean, in some respects, you're changing the, the currency from an, but, but you, it's, you know, I, I mean, one example I think that's worth bringing up here for the listener is, you know, Bitcoin can be wrapped, you know, to get onto the Ethereum network and that you're still, in essence, holding a Bitcoin. It's just kind of in a, in, in a bit of wrapping there. Yeah. <laughs> Very untechnical way of describing it. But the, the, the intention there is not to sell the Bitcoin. It's to, it's to migrate it onto another network. But, but yeah, I think well, that, well, really- that's, that, that's an excellent example. And to be, Perfectly honest, I'm I'm not at all sure what what the tax consequence of that would be. <laughs> not many people. Look, are. Lo- lo- logic would say that that should not be a taxing event because, as you just said, you haven't moved the beneficial ownership of an asset um, to try to put an old world concept on a, mm. uh, a on a on a on a new world process. It's similar to transferring an asset to a bear trust in some respects. You. How do you describe it? You know, putting a wrapping around it so you can move <laughs> yeah. it to a different yep. protocol. Yep. Um, that's a very new world way of saying putting something into a bear trust so they can hold it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but but that, that's a, that's a classic example, and this is why you know, I, I strongly I strongly agree with your comments on the um, uh, on, on on the report. What's very positive about it is that it encourages more guidance, more discussion. Mm-hmm. We've had mm-hmm. some some really good. Um, uh, Guidelines and some some information from from the ATO recently, and and we, we'd love 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 for that to continue. Um, as as I said at the start, all, all stakeholders benefit from greater clarity. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and and I think you know maybe it's a good point for us to 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 wind up the convo. I guess one last question for you is, you know, for, for people who want to kind of get more educated what do you recommend they do to make sure that they're you know they're in the clear the, 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 as i said a couple of times the guidance that the ato has put out in, in my opinion is quite helpful um so that's simply available on the ato's website even a simple internet search uh, ato guidance cryptocurrency will, will bring up some, some some good basic information talk talk to your accountant um mm-hmm. uh, the Although our profession certainly can uh, be laggards at times, there are plenty of very good accountants out there that are um, very, very uh, helpful in in this area. If your accountant isn't, then PKF are very happy to receive your call. Um, And but but also speak, uh, consider um, upfront, speak to your accountant early, and make and that will help help you be well prepared. Brings us back that record keeping that that really is vital. So they're the three things I'd do. Look yep. at some of the publicly available information. It really is very helpful. Talk to your accountant and then get yourself set up so you do this in an organised manner, um, a thoughtful manner, and, and and keep keep those relevant records. Um, that way, you've got every chance of ensuring that you're you're, you're compliant, and hopefully, you do extremely well from your uh, your investing, and you don't have any problems declaring the appropriate amount of um, amount of income yeah i mean and i think just from my point of view to wrap it all up um it seems from what i'm gathering from your comments that you know to a certain extent there's like a degree of a, a reasonableness test that needs to be applied to some of these these concepts so uh, i would you know i think yeah. that's that's encouraging for everyone who's kind of a bit confused and a bit bit worried yeah, look, I, you, you, you've, you've summarised that correctly, or you, you've, you've garnered that, that, that correctly, in my, my opinion. Um, this is new to everybody, and, and acting in, in good faith is important. And yes, uh, by and large, a reasonableness approach will 
will, will be need to be applied and will continue to be. Well, let's hope we all remain remain so. Well, Nick, thanks thanks for your time today. I think it's been really useful uh, for me personally, but but I, I'm sure our listeners found that found that really fascinating because you know these are, these are new concepts concepts for everyone. So so thanks thanks for, for for joining me. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks everyone for joining me on this show and for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice, and we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. And remember. You can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com slash learn. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller, and this has been The Crypto Frontier.